Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Take your seats, please. Thank you, Lord. And join me in welcoming our online audience and those that watch on TV as well. And if you're ever in the Colorado Springs area, this is the place to be. A warm welcome awaits you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Wow. What a time that we've had studying God's Word. And, and uh, if you've missed some of these messages, go and catch up, please. This is, the, this, is, this is so crucial, so important, who you are in Christ. Because this is one of the questions that people usually ask is, who am I, why am I here, and why am I going? What's my identity? I'm who, I'm, who am I? And we are trying to establish that and understand it. If you know who you are in Christ, what Jesus Christ has done, it will make all the difference. Now, turn your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Notice what the Apostle Paul says. He says, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's saying that these letters, the things that he's, he's preaching and ministering, man didn't teach it to him, nor was it revealed according to man, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, you see, most of the time, like when you, we are born, we walk, I mean, there are things that we see in our environment. And all of us have five senses. And see, sometimes you can get to the place where you think that the things that you, uh, you experience with your five senses are the only things that are real. So most of the education that we receive is centers around the five senses. Most of the discoveries that have been made is based on what man sees. But there's a whole world out there. You don't see God with your, with your natural physical eyes. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. He exists and he is real. And so, so many times when it comes to walking with God, there is a tendency for us to just walk with, by the things that we see. And here he's saying, you see, there are two kinds of knowledge. The knowledge that you receive through your five senses and the knowledge that comes through the word of God, invisible things. Thank God this revelation has come to us through the Bible. Imagine if we didn't have the Bible. How would we know some of the things that we know? My God. So he's saying that the things that he received, he did not receive it from man, nor was he taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that this, as we go through this series, may God himself reveal himself to you. I said, may God reveal himself to you. I said, may God reveal himself to you. And this revelation has to do, one, with what God did for us in Christ Jesus in his great substitution and in this great plan of redemption. 
two what the holy spirit can do through us through the word in the new creation and in the baptism of the holy spirit and then three what jesus is doing for us now at the right hand of the father three great facts and you see one of the things that we have to realize is the bible says this notice what the bible says in romans chapter 6 romans chapter 6 verse 14 let's go back there again he says for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law but under grace sin shall not have dominion over you sin and satan are synonymous they go together so when jesus christ hung on the cross he paid the price for you and i on the cross the bible says in second corinthians chapter five let's go back there again mark these verses don't let them get away from you he says for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god in him so he became what we were that we might become what he is key issue so he's saying that sin shall not have dominion or satan shall not have dominion over you now take for instance when the children of israel were were crossing the red sea in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 first corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 he says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was christ but with most of them god was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness now in acts chapter 7 verse 38 he calls this group of people the church in the wilderness so all this way in moses's church the church of moses but they did not all get the same results is we can all be coming to church and going through the same activities but some people will get more some people will get miracles some people will get testimonies and some people will not why he says that look the conditions were the same they were all baptized into moses in the cloud and in the sea a type of our salvation and the baptism in the holy spirit all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was christ then he goes on to talk about the fact that some of them were complaining and they were destroyed by the destroyer but verse 11 said now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come all 
this happened to them as examples. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that in this season may you press in and receive all that God has for your life in Jesus' mighty name. Because the conditions may be the same, but the people that believe God and trust his word, it makes all the difference. But here, you see, when they got to the Red Sea, that is when the complaining started. The murmuring started. They were saying in Egypt, we're doing well. No, 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 in Egypt, you weren't doing well because just in chapter 3 in Exodus, you were crying out of that bond, that God delivered us from this bondage. So there's no way in Egypt you were doing well. Because sometimes, sometimes people become Christians and the, the next test that comes along, the next trial that comes along, they're like, oh, when I was in the world, I was doing so good. I was jumping around and heaping and doing all these things. As soon as I came to Jesus Christ, look at the test and the trial that I'm feeling, facing. I'm going to go back to my old company. I'm going to go back to my old lifestyle and all the memory and the complaining and all those things. No, you are not doing well when you were in the world. I can tell you that. <laughs> you did not have the life of God in you. You did not have the peace of God. You did not have Jesus. It's the only Jesus makes the difference. When you have Jesus, you have it all. I said, when you have Jesus, you have it all. I said, when you have Jesus, you have it all. I said, when you have Jesus, when you have it all, you have it all. The test and the trial may come, but in the name of Jesus, even if God has to part the rest to deliver you, he will deliver you. I said, even if God has to part the rest he will deliver you, he will deliver you. And the enemies that you see today, he told them that the Egyptians that you see today, you will not see them again. In the mighty name of Jesus, I have come to announce to you by the word of the living God, the test, the trial that you face today. As you cooperate with God in the name of Jesus, you will not see them again. Amen. The test in your family, the test with your children, your finances. As you cooperate with God in the name of Jesus, you will not see them again. Amen. Hallelujah. But the point of it is the scripture that we looked at in Romans 6, 14 says, Sin shall not have dominion or Satan shall not have dominion over you. When the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, did Pharaoh have any dominion over them? No. That was the end of it. So, part of what God has done for us is to deliver us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of Islam. Colossians chapter 1. Notice this. Colossians chapter 1. Oh my God. Verse 13. He says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of Islam. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. This letter is written to spirit-filled Christians. He's saying that he has delivered us from the power or the authority of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. Oh my God. So if you are a child of God, 
you are no longer under the authority of darkness. Anybody who is not a child of God is under the authority and the domain of darkness. Darkness represents all that the devil stands for. He's saying that he will not have dominion over you anymore. We have our redemption through his blood, the forgiveness or the remission of sins. You see, for the person who is not saved, when they get saved, born again, they receive remission of sins. All that they ever were is wiped out. And then the Christian who sins receives forgiveness of sin. They are two different things. But he sees he has delivered us. Please, these are, these are crucial things. He has delivered us from the power, the authority of darkness. And has conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of Islam. You are in a different kingdom. And now we have to learn how to live in that kingdom. But the same way. That Pharaoh did not have any dominion over the children of Israel when they crossed the Red Sea in the mighty name of Jesus. Sin or Satan does not have dominion over you. No, 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 no. Can a police person, a policeman in Canada arrest somebody on U.S. soil? No, 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 no. They are, they are, not, in their, they are not in their domain. When they cross over and come over here, uh, they are a civilian like everybody else. And they cannot exercise dominion on U.S. soil. So if you realize that God has translated you from the kingdom of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of the son of Islam, you are no longer under the dominion of the enemy. I said you are no longer under the dominion of the enemy. Now we just have to learn how to function in that realm. The only place that the enemy has in your life is the place that you give him. So writing to the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27, he says, No give place to the devil. And really, if you keep this one in context, he was saying to them in verse 25, Showing them some of the areas that you can open up the door to the enemy. Verse 25 says, Therefore put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So what he's saying is, please tell the truth. Uh, don't be like a young boy. Um, that was caught in the act of lying and when the teacher was asking him uh, he was trying to say that lying is an ever-present help in time of trouble <laughs> is it lying is a bar is the, is the badge of the enemy <laughs> tell the truth because if you don't tell the truth you are going to give place to the enemy in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus describes 
We'll get come back to this verse. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Says, you are your, your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he's a liar and the father of it. So when you tell lies, you are buddying up with the father of lies and that gives him access. So don't tell, don't tell lies, tell the truth. That's a bad company to be in. Terrible company. Then he goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26. He says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. That's another area that can open the door. Don't go to bed angry. Because when you go to bed angry... You are leaving the door wide open. So even though you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, if you go to bed angry, that gives him another access. No matter what is going on, let it go before you sleep. Nor give place to the devil. Then verse 28 says, Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give. Work to give. Who has need? Work to give. We labor to give. We live to give. But the key is, you are being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the, son of, the kingdom of the son of Islam. We are in a new kingdom. You see, a kingdom functions differently from a democracy. A kingdom has a king. And when the king speaks, what the king says goes. We come under, we have come under a new management. Sometimes you see a shop or a store, a restaurant, and they'll say, under a new management, things have changed around here. So I pray in the mighty name of God. This is who you are. This is, your, this is our identity. In Christ Jesus. He became who we were that we might become who he is. The righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Translated. From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Any area of your life where the enemy is dominating. Any area of your life where you are not walking in liberty and in freedom. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Receive your freedom and your liberty right now. I said receive your liberty and your freedom right now. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For if the Son shall set you free, you are free indeed, Jesus says. Free indeed, that means you, you are truly free. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John 8, 36. If therefore, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. That is one thing that people look for. Freedom in their spirit. Freedom in, freedom in their minds. Freedom in their body. He has made you free. You shall be free indeed. 
And in Galatians chapter 5, thank you Lord, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Stand therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke, again with the yoke of bondage. So many people are in captivity. You may be watching or listening, you are in captivity to sin, to some addiction, you are, you are in captivity to sickness and disease, you are being tortured mentally in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. The first step is to give your life totally to Christ Jesus. The next thing is to know who you are and refuse to be entangled with any yoke or bondage. Stand fast in that liberty. Jesus has paid the price and saved the sentence for you. No crime. No one has to serve their sentence twice for the same crime. Adam committed the sin of high treason and Jesus paid the price. Stand fast right there. Jesus has made you free. Stand in the liberty. So if anything that Jesus has not paid the price for, the enemy tries to put you in bondage. He said, no, no, no. no. I, I refuse to be in bondage. I refuse to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I stand fast in the liberty. Oh my God. I see you going free in the name of Jesus. This word has set somebody free already. I said you are free in Jesus' name. I said you are free in Jesus' name. I said you are free in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. This shows us what Jesus has done for us. Two, let's go a step further here. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Now, the next fact we need to realize is the fact that God indwells us in the person of the Holy Spirit. This is talking to people who are children of the living God. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Romans 8, verse 11. He says, but if the Spirit of him... Who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Notice this phrase, dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Oh my God. Now, you see, the, the thing that, the key issue amongst the various religions of the world, the greatest heart hunger of man is man is looking for life. And that life can only be found in Christ Jesus. That life cannot be found outside of Christ Jesus. And if you are a child of the living God, the Bible says that God indwells you. I don't know how he does it. That is the word the Bible says, I believe it. Oh my God. Notice what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
First Corinthians chapter three, verse sixteen. He says, "Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells." in you oh my god in the old testament god dwelled in the holies of holies oh my lord the love of god god always has wanted to dwell with his people to fellowship with him to fellowship with us that was the reason why jesus christ came so that fellowship can be restored so that you can walk with God every day. But because the people did not have the nature of God. After Adam sinned, he used the blood of bulls to cover them just so he can come and hang out with the people. Think about that. They had a hot hunger of God for fellowship. You see, we always sometimes look at it from our angle. We desire fellowship with God. But God desires fellowship with you. Every single day, your hang-ups, your tests, your trials, whatever you may be filled with, God wants to hang out with you. Oh my God. That is the reason for redemption. That is the reason why he did, went that great extent to do what he did. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Oh, I love this phrase. He says, God is faithful. Somebody shout, God is faithful. Shout it, God is faithful. Shout it, God is faithful. Oh, my Lord and my God, God is faithful. He said, you will never leave us nor forsake us. He's with you all the time. God is faithful. Oh, shout it one more time. God is faithful. Shout it one more time. God is faithful. We can stay there for a whole month. You can look back at your life and realize that it is only by the grace of God that you are here. God is faithful. And if you've made it this far, God will keep you. I said God will keep you. Oh, I said God will keep you. I said God will keep you. He says God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship, into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is the reason for redemption. I mean, the presence of God was shut up in the Old Testament, in the holies of holies. But now he indwells us. Know you not that you are the temple of the living God, and that God dwells in you. Oh, my Lord and my God. The psalmist of old said, I will look unto the hills from whence comes my help. Ah, but in the New Testament we can say, I will look to the God who dwells on his throne. And not only that, he dwells in me. Where my help comes from. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, no matter what you are confronted with, no matter the test, no matter the difficulties, ah, remember who you are. God God dwells in you. 
My Lord and my God. Sometimes I look at myself in the mirror and I say, God lives in this person. As I step out into the day, my Lord and my God, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, as you step out into the day, you are a living epistle of God. You are the one going to that workplace with a solution. You are the one when you show up and people begin to talk about their problem, you begin to point them to the God who lives in you and can take over their battles and help them. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I see God taking your life and using it for his glory. Have that consciousness. That's who you are. God lives in you. You are the temple of the living God. He wanted them to get that so much. He says again in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Thank you Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 19. He says, oh do you not know. That your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Oh, if you allow the Holy Spirit to take our, over our lives and use it for his glory, mighty things will happen. You are not your own. The idea there was, verse 20 says, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God paid an awesome price for you. They had that market, that agorazo in the Greek. They would go there and buy people from that market. You have been bought with a price. You are no longer under the dominion of the enemy. Now God dwells in you. Oh, I pray you will leave this service with this consciousness. That God lives in me. That is what I, the whole world is looking for. To be one with the Lord. Jesus knew who you are. When you walk the earth. Have that consciousness. Thank you Lord Jesus. Oh my God. He lives in you. He's here to help you. 2 Corinthians 6.14 He says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? So he calls the believer righteousness, the unbeliever lawlessness. Then he goes on to say, What communion has light with darkness. The believer is light. The unbeliever is darkness. Or what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the dead God. No, 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 no. You are the temple of the living God. Hallelujah. As, he, as God has said, I will dwell in them 
and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Oh my Lord. It's a I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Is God your God this morning? I said, is God your God this morning? Oh, that means that he will help you. You see, the difference between the people who have God and the people who don't, uh, the storms of life may come, Mark chapter 7, verse 24. The difference is, I know my God. If you don't have God, then you, you are hopeless. You are in despair. You don't know what you are going to do. How you are going to come out. Oh, but for those of us who know God. God is on our side. He says, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will take them over. And manifest my glory through them. You see, sometimes you can, it's, sometimes you can get to a place. The three questions we started is, who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And when you get into that place of despair, into that place of hopelessness, remember your God. I said, remember your God. I said, remember your God. I will be their God. That is good news on any day in a troubled world. In a world full of uncertainty, you have somebody to help you. He's right there living on the inside of you. Oh, my Lord. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. I see God helping you in Jesus' name. I said, I see God helping you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. First John 4.4. 4. Oh my God. Mark these verses. Go over them throughout the week. He says, you are of God. Somebody say, I'm of God. Shout it, I am of God. In the Old Testament, you read those genealogies. And this is the, this begot this, and this is the son of, son of this, the child of this, and the son of that. And sometimes you want to skip those parts of the Bible. Now don't skip them there for a reason. <laughs> But in the New Testament, our genealogy is one. We are of God. Show the name of God. Oh, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. That we should be called children of God. 1 John 3.1 Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. That we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Behold, now, 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 we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. 
what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of the Most High God. We are of God. Shout it, I am of God. But he goes, he goes on to say in 1 John 4, 4, that you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who are the them that he's talking about? If you read the prophets, he's talking about evil spirit, the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist. We have already overcome them. We are not trying to overcome them. No, 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 no. Jesus whipped them. And when Jesus did, we discovered it was as if you and I had done it. We were identified with him. So his victory was our victory. We have overcome them because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Oh, glory. That's what keeps me going, gets me excited. My father loves me that he wrote a love letter to me before I even got here. Saying that, look, my son, my child, and it's the same for you if you are a child of the most high God. Oh, you are of God and you have overcome them because the one who is, lives in you is greater than he who is in the world. Who is in the world? The devil is out there. Test, trial, temptation, all these things. Circumstances. He who is in you is greater. This is who you are than he who is in the world. Somebody say thank you, Lord. So what is our response to all of this? Uh, one time somebody was in prison and, and they had done something terrible. And they started feeding along these lines. And they ran into 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then he started telling everyone in the prison that he's going to come out. Because it's a new creation. So it's not talking like that. <laughs> People don't understand. <laughs> they said, no, what do you mean new creation? <laughs> you committed this hideous crime. <laughs> and you, are go you, are you, said, you said, I'm coming out. I'm going to get a parole. <laughs> I'm a new creation. The old person that committed suicide and sold crime is dead. <laughs> Jesus has come into my heart. I'm a new creation. He was biblically right. The people in the world, again, they walk by only the five senses. Did you see you? I mean, whether you are, you are tall, you are still tall. You are nothing as changed. What do you mean you are a new creation? No, 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 you are not coming out. But he believed the word of God. He said, I'm coming out. He said, I'm coming out. And the first opportunity of parole, I think it was a life sentence or whatever it was. They gave him a parole and released him to the glory of God. God's word will triumph over any situation to God's glory. But what is our response to this? He says, he goes on to say, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation and things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, 
that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. All things of God. He's reconciled us to himself. Now he indwells us and given us this ministry of reconciliation. This is a ministry that is for everyone in the body of Christ. What is the purpose of he dwelling in us? Sure, to help us through life, but one of the main reasons also he says through us. He's pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are taking this message of reconciliation to everybody that we come into contact with. He's, you see, Jesus Christ knew he was. But one of the things, the statement that he made is, I'm not here to please myself. No, no, no. I know I'm a child of the living God. I know I'm fully God, fully man. God indwells me, but I am here on a mission. To please the Father. Everybody, every one of us. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are pleading with the world. Be reconciled to God. Jesus has paid the price. Our response to this is we sign up for service. We're talking about this on Wednesday. A soldier who has been enlisted, Tim, the Paul writing Timothy said, does not live to please himself. No, 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 no. We are living now to please the one who has enlisted us. We are no longer living for ourselves. It's not about us anymore. It's about living for the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and yielding our lives to him. We are ambassadors. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may God take your life and use it for his glory. He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know, when I see this phrase in the Bible, I like it. That means we are confident. That means we are sure. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. What is the purpose? That's exactly what he's told us in 2 Corinthians. The purpose is the reconciliation of the world through him. And we are partners or we are co-laborers with him. John chapter 15. This is our response to all of us. Who we are. Thank you Lord Jesus. Verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you Unless you abide in me. 
Verse 6 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask in my name, he may give it you. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So our response to all who we are in Christ Jesus is that, Lord, we, I'm not here to please myself, no. I'm not here to live for myself. I am here to live for you. Thank you that you indwell me. Today as I step out, take my life and glorify yourself through it. Somebody around me needs you. Use me as your vessel. Romans 15, 1. He says, we then who are strong ought to bear with the scrapples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Not to please ourselves. Jesus said, I live to please the Father. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done in my life. Thank you, Lord, that you live in me. Thank you, Lord. You said in Romans 8, 11, the Holy Spirit himself will quicken my mortal body, make my body full of life. Not full of sickness, not disease. And Lord, so long as I am strong, so long as I am alive, my life belongs to you, Lord. I want to be useful in your hands. I want you to take my life and use it for your glory. Use it to impact some, somebody else. In the mighty name of Jesus. You said you will dwell in me. You will walk in me. Manifest your life through me. Manifest your glory through me. Help me, O oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus to help somebody else. Oh Lord, I do not live for myself. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I pray, O oh God, that may God take over your battles. And not only that, may he take your life and use it for his glory. We don't live to please ourselves. We live to please the Lord. That's when life gets interesting. That's when life takes on new meaning. Thank you, Lord. I refuse to let the enemy dominate me. I am no longer under his dominion. I am now under the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now you go, we go out and we make a difference in our world that is desperately crying for answers. Thank you, Father. Let's pray. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 
5535.